0: Equipoise podcast. Today's episode, Social Justice. You'll notice there was no episode last week, and that's because the episode I'd written and recorded just fell short of my standards of clarity and purpose, and it was going to be part one of two in a mini series on social justice. Well, I came back to the studio and, and rewrote and re-recorded a couple episodes, and I found that Um, (laughs) if I kept going, there were going to be a lot of episodes. I had one episode. It was pretty much composed uh, entirely of quotes from institutions and individuals about what social justice is, Uh, all very informative and helpful, but unfortunately just really doesn't quite, you know, meet the mark of what this podcast is about. So in 10 minutes or less, in one episode, I'm going to try to tackle uh, briefly Uh, and just skimming the surface of what social justice is, isn't, and the biblical vision of social justice um, to compare and contrast. So I hope that you'll stay tuned. Uh, Let's jump right in. Depending on who you ask, social justice is either a leftist, tool used by the government uh, to manipulate and engineer our society while signaling virtues or on the complete other end of the spectrum of possibilities is an indispensable aspect of a society that has to do with leveling the playing field and ensuring fairness and equal representation for everyone across all walks of life. The fact that this is such a polarizing topic makes it the perfect topic to dissect and discuss on this podcast because there is a balance um, and... um, We're doing ourselves and this world a disservice by not seeking equipoise on this issue, not to mention sounding really ignorant and obtuse, which isn't a good look for Christianity, albeit an increasingly familiar one in the West. So what is social justice after all? Well, instead of taking a stab at it myself, I went ahead and did a lot of research and um, asked a bunch of institutions and individuals that are well-versed and authoritative in this area, Uh, the United Nations, San Diego Foundations, National Association of Social Workers, the Center for Economic and Social Justice, um, a a number of people and places. And the summary of what social justice is, uh, three things. One, redistribution of wealth, Um, and political and social opportunities from one party to another based on metrics of perceived oppression. Number two, more strict or more lenient punishments depending on certain factors other than what the individual did or didn't do. And number three, a hard sprint toward mandating equal access to opportunities in both the private and public sectors based not on individual qualification or the content of one's character, but rather based on group or inherent factors like nationality or race or gender or if you are part of an oppressed people group. You can check out the show notes uh, for the quotes from which I derived that three-part summary. I think it's accurate, and I think I've extrapolated uh, well enough to make a non-caricatured or uh, exaggerated uh, summary of social justice, particularly in the West. This approach to social justice, however, is problematic, particularly when we try to realize uh, some of the goals of social justice. For instance, the redistribution of economic, political, and social opportunities. Well, what does that look like in the real world? I understand what it looks like on paper. But when you try to leave the world of the ideal and then bring that into reality, you run into practical problems. So when we're looking to redistribute um, opportunities from the oppressor to the oppressed well who determines who's the oppressor and who determines who's the oppressed who is in charge of the redistribution of economic political and social opportunities Uh, who is the recipient of these opportunities based on what metrics and how many opportunities you see so uh, the concept of social justice works well as an ideal and I think I know why But when you try to coerce the redistribution of political, economic, and social opportunities, whether by government or guilt trip, you end up facing these actual questions that need to be addressed. And so far, we haven't seen any satisfactory answers that don't end up simply trading one injustice for another. Here's what I mean by that. Social justice doesn't actually create opportunities for people of any kind, whether economic, political, or social. Instead, it merely shifts it from one group or person to another. Um, For instance, if there's an opportunity up for grabs that is subject to the practices of social justice, then yes, one person gains it because of inherent qualities over which they have no control. But at the same time, another person loses access to that same opportunity because of their own inherent qualities over which they have no control. By way of example, consider the following. Current President Joe Biden pledged that the first Supreme Court justice he would choose would be a black woman. This was determined before any other qualifications. He's not the first one who's done this, but he's the most recent. This is often cited as a desire to have accurate representation in the Supreme Court, but I think there's a more balanced way to approach this. In my mind, this idea is seated in a grave miscarriage of justice, since this is literally discriminating for and against people based on gender and skin color. I'm not trying to oversimplify, but in any other sphere of employment or housing even, this would be illegal. So where Katangi Brown Jackson received a special opportunity because of her skin color and gender, others who were not of that skin color and gender lost the opportunity for that same uh, position. Ironically, Katangi Brown Jackson was chosen because she was a woman, um, and yet despite that fact, she will not define what a woman even is, but that's for another day. Another example of how social justice and state-mandated attempts at inclusion and representation go awry, consider how in 2018, Bill SB 826 was signed into law in California, requiring that all publicly held corporations in California have at least one female director on their boards by the end of the next year, followed by even more women on their boards by the end of 2021, depending on the size of the board. It was done in the name of equality and social justice, but in practice, it's actually just the opposite, robbing qualified individuals of the opportunities to succeed equally in the market while unjust Shoehorning in certain individuals based on inherent qualities irrelevant to the job, based on a perceived or real uh, oppression in the past. Please trust me when I say I'm very cognizant of the noble ideas that undergird much of the social justice movement today. I think there's validity and value to a lot of those principles, and we'll cover that in a second. But I hope to have made the point that what appears to be fair and equitable on one side actually hides a rather insidious and harmful ideology on the other side that we don't quite as often see portrayed. Let me start landing the plane with this. Um, The idea of social justice, while it has changed a bit in the last few decades, um, ultimately it stems from a Christian ideal, to take care of those who have no one to take care of them, or those who've been wronged. To hear Alan C. Ornstein tell it in his excellent article, Social Justice, History, Purpose, and Meaning. The notion of social justice is based on the Christian doctrine of helping less fortunate people, the weak, sickly, and oppressed. To be sure, Jesus cared deeply about people. He went out of his way to help people facing injustices. The Bible is full of passages that advocate helping and caring for people. Instead of being motivated by power, pride, or material wealth, those clergy that follow the scriptures find purpose through acts of justice." I absolutely agree with this author, who doesn't even appear to be a Christian, by the way, um, that social justice on its face uh, is an embodiment of Christian ideals. You'll remember, of course, that one of the virtues that characterizes Christians is a hunger and thirst for righteousness and justice to be done in a society. However... As we've seen with everything from food to sex to alcohol to technology, what God has provided as good, we find a way to run way too far with it and make it not so great. In other words, social justice is easily abused and warped into something that it never meant before. You see, social justice only actually works when it's done from a willing heart. You cannot change hearts with laws You cannot change hearts with guilt trips. You cannot change hearts with government ordinances or oppression. You can only change hearts with the gospel. The transformative power of the gospel is what gave birth to social justice in the first place. The idea of social justice was completely foreign to the world when Jesus came, and he introduced something so amazing, so powerfully divine, protecting women, Protecting children, giving people a voice who never had one before, overruling the oppressive religious and state powers to show people that they had worth and value. Jesus started the social justice movement. But when you divorce the teachings of Jesus from Jesus himself, you end up with a broken shell, an empty husk of what social justice really is. Real social justice was born in the heart of God. And those who follow Jesus have a responsibility to represent Him well by showing what true justice in the world looks like. Until next time, stay balanced.